And we're back with another episode of the Roland Stoner Podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Roland. And we're coming back with part two of the saga that is the first first Friday at Menno's Place, which was a comedy showcase that I hosted down in Mesa. I do it monthly. Basically, the comedians came through, did 10 minutes, and then I was able to do like a post-performance interview with them. Couldn't fit all the comedians all on one episode because no one was going to listen to that. And I need consistency. So I just put it into two episodes. This episode, you'll get to learn and get to know many funny comedians such as Andy Chung, Rio, Sean McAndrews, and Andrew Oriano. And you get to see what they're up to and such. Oh, and my friend Giblet, too. He's another funny comedian from Chicago. So you get to see what they're up to and their comedic strategies and, you know, reigns of the concepts. And then my friend Chris Ferris also pulled through to the Rolling Stoner studio to give his insights on what is brewing in the bud world. So, because, you know, what's a Rolling Stoner podcast episode without at least some insights on marijuana? You know what I mean? So I got my friend Ferris talking about that. And then we finished the episode with a nice little theological discussion continuing our debate about stand-up versus improv. And then also we get a little into the spooky, religious, existential sides of it, too, because, you know, it was some good weed we were smoking. So stay tuned, folks. It's going to be a fun little episode. Get to learn about more comedians on the circuit, on the scene. And then I'll catch you next time. Also, be sure to uh, use the polls and questions and give me some feedback on what you like about the episodes and such. Um, Definitely looking to expand upon more and experiment with the structure of this show. And I'd love to get, you know, the people who listen to the show, their input. Because I value guys, your opinions. All right. Thank you very much. And Ferris, please take it away with what is new in the world of buds. Oh, buddy, old pal, old friend, old chum. Yum. You know, you like to smoke some. Bud has a, a good way sometimes of getting you fixated on things. It's bizarre the different types of effects that it that it can have on you. It's really like a uh, kind of Swiss Army knife for your brain. Mm-hmm. Like you can do quite a bit of I can believe that mental yeah. hacking. It's like the flex tape of the brain. Well, like like there's straight up there's like now especially that it's legal and you can be a lot more selective about what kind of. Um, yeah, what kind of product you're using. Exactly. Like, I can consistently purchase the same uh, strains, and you know for a fact that I'm, like, pr- pr- very selective. Like, I like this. Yeah. Right? Because um, I like to be clear-headed, right? But um, I basically like stuff that helps control my uh, anxiety and stress levels and, and helps me, like, realize, hey, it's okay. Because I tend, definitely tend towards the perfectionist, right? Yeah. Which is a... Uh, trait that I inherited from my, my fucking mom. So are you more of an indica way. guy then? Because of that? Like, I, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you, as I was getting into it, um, like, like they, they tell you initially, it's like sativas are uppers mm-hmm. and indicas are, you know, downers. It's like daytime, nighttime, right? You know, and then hybrids are in between or yeah. whatever, bro. And it's not really like that at all. The lay of the land. It's not really like that at all. 
it's really about like the terpenes and the terpene profiles and what ones like connect with you. Like I have a particularly good response to carophyllanine, I believe, which is like peppery yeah. is its common descriptor. Um, I always, I'm always uh, vibing with the citrus shit. I was going to say limonene is another, yeah. uh, is the citrus, very citrus, common citrusy terpene. Mm. And that one orange is... gelato. Yeah, I... Mango I, crush. I'm not a big fan of the gelato strain. Um, I find it to be very, like, blasé. Like, just kind of like, meh. Mm. Um, and a lot of it's derivatives and stuff. Uh, my uh, creme de la cremes, right, are... Like, I was just thinking about this today. The stuff that I have here, Mac, Miracle Alien Cookies, was mm. when I first got Gosh, my med card, it was the first bud. It was from the same people, Grow Sciences, the first bud that, that any t- bud tender ever sold to me. And it fucking knocked my socks off. And I was like, I was like, wow, wow, legalize it. <laughs> you know, right? um, I mean, I was already... A long time. So you're keeping consistent with the same strain that you well, smoked the first time you no, ever no 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 bought that, like bought from a bartender for for that that particular that just happened to be in circulation at the time and this okay. happens to be back in circulation now it's just it's for all coincidence at the okay okay um, I'm like Damn, I that, have, that's a very particular man <laughs> no, no no I have like several that I've gotten really really into so the the ones that are my two favorites um, well. I mean, Ojeezel will always be one of my favorites, but you can't, I can't find it anywhere anymore. Mm. Um, it was from True Infusions for a long time, and it was like, it was like a cross between, um, like, uh, uh, some, some type of sour diesel derivative called mm-hmm. Jeezel, right? Jeezel. And, um, and I think Oji could. Not sour like diesel, but Jeezel. Well, Jeezel is like a deeper version of sour diesel, God. right? These are all downstream from sour yeah, diesel. Yeah, yeah. Sour D is always fantastic. It's one of my defaults. Anytime I, I see it, like, I'll be like, oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my roommate just picked up a whole, a whole ounce of sour diesel. It's very, I mean, it's just, it's got a great flavor to it, and you can smoke it all classic. goddamn day, Fuck and yeah. like, it's very even keel. Well, yeah, we'll tuck you out. Yeah. Um, but Ojeezel was like, is this was like so clear headed, um, but also, you know, like that nice stony feeling, you know, mm. like, um, like marshmallow. Yeah, I don't know how to describe yeah. it. But and like then then the one that I smoke stone. right now, um, though it's out of stock at the moment, is uh, called Baklava, Baklava from Alien Labs, and I don't know what the fucking parentage is on it, but it is. Fantastic. Mm. What's, Entry, the perc- what's the THC percentage? Oh, they're all very high. They're all in like the twenty-five plus ish area. I mean, depending on the batch or whatever, right? Um, interesting things about these particular types of smoke. Um, like I was noting before about them, they're actually like at all. I think Jeezel was like a straight fifty-fifty, right? Mm. But the other two, like Mac, yes. Um, and the fuck was the other one that I was just talking about? Baklava are both, both are, both are indica leaning hybrids, right? And I always was like, ah, I'm a sativa guy, right? Because, you know, you want to be uppity. But they, um, a lot of it is about the stress relief, which is, um, that's like the biggest reason that, um, you know, I, I smoke is, is... And thank you for giving your insights, Ferris. All right, next we're moving on to the interviews from Menno's Place and the post-performance. I'll 
hand it over to Frenchie and Chef Tonito, and you get to hear what they discussed about with these uh, these guys. There's there's no uh, there's no way to describe a comedian with a, the word D, a word begin with D. I was trying to like be illiterate here with like discuss with some douchebags. I guess I guess you could call them that, but they're not that douchey. They're some nice guys. Discuss with some dingoes. There we go. Nailed it. So what's your name, your stage name, and your stage name? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's, Andy, it's like all the same. Andy, Andy Chung. Perfect. For all three? Uh, yeah, well, I guess my, my birth certificate is Andrew Chung, but like growing up, like everyone calls me Andy. Yeah, more formal. Love it. Okay. Yeah. How well do you think your joke landed <laughs> what is this? Uh, um, it was okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of, I thought it was okay. You know, uh, I do open mics and a lot. So when I do the open mics, it feels like very free. And so this is like I get booked on the show, and I feel like I, I owe it to, to you know, to Luke who books me, uh, and to the audience to like kind of. Give a, give a show. I think you did solid. Okay. You did solid six or seven. Uh, I've yeah. seen you do better, you know? But, like, I think... <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's yeah. still over, over a five. I feel like it's the only time it's really bomb is if literally nobody's, like, hanging out with you. And that's not what happens. That's so. fair. Yeah. But you did, like, a solid six or seven. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned, like, hey, do I... How much time do I have to on stage? Yeah. yeah. I'll wait for the door to come So, um... What style of stand-up would you align, like, your act with? Like, what do you think, like, inspires you? What, what style? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I've tried a lot of different styles, and I like, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. I, I like, I like Bill Burr, like, Dave Chappelle. I, I like a lot of Ronnie Chang, and they're all uh, very kind of, like, authentic. Like, it's kind of just, it's not really just, like, joke, joke. It's yeah. more, like talking about your life yeah, and no. I don't know how to explain it. No, I get you. Okay. Yeah. I get Alright, how long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, for three and a half years, almost four, like almost four. Almost four years? Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. What are your goals for your comedy career? Um, you know, just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess, uh, just have, uh, something on TV, I guess, yeah, or no, just like mention my name one time. Yeah, you know? yeah, like to be able no, yeah, yeah, I, that'd be kind of cool. Nah, you know, fuck that. I don't, I don't, I don't need it. Nothing. I don't have goals. No dreams here. Do you want to like make um, like a podcast or like a special with somebody else? I've done podcasts before. Podcasts? Um, no, yeah. So I, I guess like a special, yeah. like okay. or one or two or three. I don't want to. If if I do comedy, then I guess it'd be like not like a one hit wonder type of thing. Yeah, I guess do it more locally? Yeah. I, no, I'm just trying not to jinx anything. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I do know, but like I don't want to. I don't want to brag no, anything. Yeah. No. I totally get it. Like you don't want to be out there. You kind of want to do it. Uh, if I say something like, if I like, oh, I want to do like at least like three or four specials in my lifetime. I. I feel like that's something that's gonna make me have an ego after, like when I walk away from this conversation. No, no, I get it. I yeah. totally get it. All right, and then lastly, how can an audience reach you? So, like, what's the best way to reach you? Like, to watch your stand up, like Instagram. Yeah, I got, I got Instagram. Uh, 
It's Andy Chung, dude. Uh, that's Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is. Dude, this is like a common thing. I think my Twitter is Andy Chung, bro. Okay. Nice. I don't know. It's whatever. YouTube or anything? I don't have a YouTube right now. Okay. So, so that's it's just Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. That's it. All right. All good. Okay. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. That's all about the same. My name is Ontario Robinson. Okay. I stay well. My stage name is my name, okay. and I also go by Rio. Perfect. All right. Rio. How well do you think your joke landed tonight? Oh, absolutely terrible. Not <laughs> <laughs> bad. It's just a crowd No, 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 no. That's all right. This is a whole bunch of trying new stuff anyway, so that's yeah. fine. It's technically go terrible. That's a whole point of like exercising some new stuff out. Mm-hmm. You try new exercise, you know. Yeah. If it's if you don't know how to do it every time. Yeah. Out of ten, what do you think you did? Four. I think you did a solid six, honestly. I'm gonna say four, but I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I say a six just because I'm I'm focusing on what you're saying, not yeah. how the crowd is reacting. You I know think. what I mean? So like a six. I haven't seen you perform before. Fair enough. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah I would give my, I'm definitely giving myself a four. <laughs> um, what style of stand up would you align your act with? Like, Storytelling. Storytelling? Yeah. Okay. Because that's just more, do you like try to do any crowd work or storytelling? Uh, I'm trying to get more comfortable with it, so not yet. Okay. I'm working cool. on crowd work. Bye. I'll text you, okay? Um, how long have you been doing stand-up? About two, three years. Two or three years? Yeah. Nice. I think it started in 2019. 2019? And then, what are your goals for your comedy career, whether professional or like nah, creative? Nah, good. I, uh... One of my goals for sure is I want to have at least two Netflix specials. Nice. But more than anything else, I want like recognition. That's what I like. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Not necessarily even like just like the money. I just like the recognition. Yeah. No, that's been a theme. A lot of people just to say they want someone to like hear what they have to say. Yeah. And then lastly, how can an audience reach you? So like Instagram, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. My IG is uh, Oh No Is Rio. O H N O I T S R I O. And then YouTube, Twitter? Uh, all of it's all the same. Okay. Everything is on know is real. Perfect. Super simple. Easy to find. All righty. Well, thank you for interviewing with me. Thank I hope you. you have a good rest of your night. Uh, what's your name? My name is Jibble. Just gave a set. Jibble? Hell yeah. What's your stage name? Jibble. Hell yeah. What's your uh, street name? Joe. Why is it Joe? So my mom named me. Oh, Joseph? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's Joseph my middle name. Dope. Mine's Cameron. Hell yeah. Oh. Tony Joseph. Tony Joseph what? Uh, Anthony Joseph. Oh, Anthony Joseph. What? What's your last name? Something Mexican. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, how well do you think you did tonight? Um, I don't think I did well at all. Actually, I kind of—it's been—it's been a while since I've done it, but I'm glad I—I I got up there, shook off the rust. Uh, I need to prepare a little bit better. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really prepare. I was playing like Starfield all day today. Hell yeah, what's It's like a new game that just came out, like what's literally that? yesterday. That's dope. Um, how long have you been doing stand up? Probably around four months. Not very long. Hell yeah. A little bit. And, uh, what are your goals with stand up? Uh, make people laugh, I guess. Hell yeah. That's, that's the goal, right? That's what's up.
Oh, how can like an audience reach you? Like, what's your social? Uh, J I B B L T. That's my name for like everything, like Snapchat, Instagram. It's just Jibble. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Is there anything you want to tell the people? Give stand up a try, bro. It's it's a lot of fun, and it'll teach you a lot about just people and just living, and it'll help you control your emotions and shit like that. I, I think everyone should give it a try. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Thank you. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's your street name? Sean. Oh yeah. Some of the some of the homies call me Forrest Bump though. Forrest Bump. Mm-hmm. Why do they call you that? Uh, cause one time I went on a five and a half hour walk around the lake after bar closed, just doing cocaine by myself. Oh wow. So Forrest Bump. Forrest Bump. Forrest Bump. How many times did you go around the lake? Once. It it, it was uh, it's a lake I grew up around. It's like uh, all the way around. I think it's like five and some change miles. So I left uh, after bar closed at like one thirty in the morning and walked till about seven thirty. And uh, yeah, just key bumps and cigarettes. Yeah, they were like, "Where the fuck did you go last night?" And I was like, eh, "I went for a walk." That's crazy. Yeah, that's a big lake. It's a big lake. Yeah. yeah. Minnesota, man, they got too many lakes, you know. Minnesota, mm-hmm. oh, yes, yeah. sir. When did you come to AZ? Uh, about like uh, almost eleven months ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, consistently, probably in like the 10-ish months range. I, I started pre-pandemic in Minnesota, hitting like a, like maybe one or two mics a week. And then the pandemic hit and I basically just didn't touch it again. It wasn't until I really got back down to like Arizona that I started doing more of it and got consistent about it. Hell yeah. 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 Is the comedy scene good in Minnesota? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad by any means, but like, what's going on here i think is uh but far and away better i think there's more mics more opportunities uh there's just i mean when you look at like the amount of clubs here in comparison to minnesota for the most part there's really only three there and uh one of them's house of comedy but that's a good distance away from the city so yeah good clubs but uh not the same that i've seen here like i mean there's so many open mics and so many places you can get stage time uh in comparison to what i was experiencing in minnesota it wasn't it's not even close to this oh yeah yeah uh what city do you think has more drag queens minnesota like twin cities or that's a good question that's a good question i would say I worked at a bar in Minnesota that had a drag show. Uh, it was like Drag Queen Bingo on Wednesdays, and that was fucking the greatest time. Uh, but since I've been here, I've noticed there's like a lot bigger drag scene. I don't know if that's just like a lot of the places I go to also have a drag show as well. Um, but Minnesota had like a, a pretty good drag scene. A lot of fun. They have this one place uh, that they do like brunches on Sunday with a drag show, which is a lot of fun. Hell yeah. This is your first time doing Menos? Or first time, yeah. First time here, yeah. What you think? I liked it. I thought it was fun. I like uh, I like the stage. I also think this is just like a cool little venue. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. 
the illustrious Andrew Oriana joining us here. Oh, yeah. Is there anything you want to tell the people? Uh, anything to tell the people. Support stand-up. Support oh, yeah. the homies. There's a lot of fucking incredible talent here. There's oh, yeah. a lot of people that are very generous with their space and their shows. And support other good people. I think... Uh, the more you pop out, even if you're not in the scene, the more you support other people's shows, the better for everybody. Oh yeah. Uh, tell them how to call or like, what's your uh, like socials? Uh, like at, uh, Instagram is at here comes Shawnee one S, uh, which is stupid. I made it at like 14, and I was like, I guess I don't know how to spell words, but yeah, you can find me there. Uh, I have Twitter, but Instagram is like the main place that I'm out and about on. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Shawnee. Mm-hmm. Trying to, I was trying a lot of new shit to see if I could still do it drunk, and I was like, "We got it. We landed it. We're good." Yeah. What's up? Uh, I just want to make sure my levels aren't too high. There we go. No, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just checking the voice memos. Radar, yeah. 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 The camera. <laughs> take the, take the shot. Oh, fuck. Can you hold this for a second? Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, cheers, babe. Here's, uh, here's Andrew Oriana taking a tequila shot. There you go. What the fuck is up, pussies? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Andrew, or what's your name? Oriana, yeah, Andrew oh, Oriana. Andrew Oriana, what's your uh, just stage name? It's also Andrew Oriana. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. What's your street name? What's my street name? Yeah. Fucking Daddy Drew, dog. Daddy Drew. Daddy Drew, I'm out in these streets, dude. What's up? It's not. It's why, a, it's why, also Andrew Oriana. Oh, okay. no, why, why did they call you? Yeah. Why they call no, you dude. Andrew? Like Daddy Drew used to be my nickname in college because I was like, they won't be able to see me, but I'm like 245 right now. I used to be 162 in college, and I was like jacked and in shape, and I was like a collegiate soccer player back then. And so like everyone be like, yo, it's fucking, it's the Dawn Daddy over here. It's Daddy Drew over here. Oh yeah. So I was going more by that, but like for a minute, and then I moved here, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm fucking fat and ugly now, dude. I gotta change my name back to Andrew." Hell yeah. How fucked up are you, Jeff? No, oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think you're set? That <laughs> <laughs> fucking terrible, dude. This is the drunkest. I I never I never drink before sets. And yesterday and today are the most I've drunk. I, no, I love it. Uh, yesterday and today are the most I've like had to drink before my sets. Like yesterday, it was like the first I did a twelve twenty seven tap room, which is a fantastic show, and I did it. But like, the, so the first two comics, the crowd was super hot for, and then three comics in a row bombed. And I was like, dude, I gotta get fucking. This crowd is tight as shit. I gotta get. I gotta go full Def Jam. Gotta go full Def Jam. So I got drunk as shit. I went on stage and I was like, yo, you're fucking. You fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Fuck you. You got crooked ass fucking toes, dog. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fucking. And they fucking murdered. And I had a great set. And I was like, 
damn, maybe I should drink before. I, and today I was like, I had probably like nine fucking Modellos and an entire margarita and three shots before I got on stage. I was like, this was a huge mistake. I should, I should not drink before I go on stage anymore. Dude, this was bad. Hell yeah. I'm looking at your face. You look more fucked up than I do. You, you look more fucked. Dude, how many fucking parking lot dabs did you take? <laughs> what, got, what got you into comedy? Uh, when I so originally I started off as a, uh, I originally started off just like being around people because I where I went to college, Chapman has a really prestigious like a uh, film and art school. Hell yeah. Uh, and so a lot of my friends were in Dodge, which is this, uh, which is the film and art school. And so they would constantly come up because I used to be like the person that would like write the bios for the parties and make it fun. And so they would constantly come up to me and be like, hey, here's the script I wrote. It's supposed to be a comedy. Let me know what you think. If you have anything you want to add in. And essentially, I just ended up becoming like a co-writer on a lot of scripts and a lot of sketches. I decided to start doing sketch comedy myself. I got really good at that. And then eventually it became more like an ego thing where it's like, dude, I can fucking do this on my own. Why am I waiting for these people to validate what I'm saying? And then I started doing stand-up on my own. I remember the first night I did it. Uh, back then I didn't have a car so I'd have to take like a two and a half hour bus ride over to open mics and the whole time I was just rehearsing my set rehearsing my set and back then I thought you ha- you had to write like a five minute joke so it's like I would start off with the premise at the beginning of my set and then I wrote five minutes around that joke and for what it was it was good like it got laughs but I was like it took me a while to realize the difference between getting chuckles and getting laughs is like a big margin you got to jump and then so then i dropped out of school i was getting my masters at the time i dropped out of that and uh because my mom was like hey your grades are dropping so they're letting go of all the financial aid you have and we're not going to pay for your stuff and so you have to either decide school or comedy and at that point, I had already done like a bunch of internships for the major I wanted, and I had already started stand up. And I made the executive decision to be like, well, if you're not going to pay for my stuff, help me out. Cause like, I had most of my tuition covered in uh, in scholarships because I was a really good student in high school. And so then my mom was like, hey, like this this two grand that we're gonna have to start paying if you don't get your grades up we're not going to pay it. So it's either you have to find a way to pay it or you got to fucking quit stand up and like really focus on school. And that's like, before that, I'd already known that I wanted to do stand up the rest of my life. And I told her, I was like, well, I guess you're just not going to have a son that's finished with everything. Like I'm doing stand up, so I'm dropping everything else. Like, I don't care. Like if you're not going to care, I don't care either. So that's how kind of how I started stand-up where it's like yeah like really like rubber to the road kind of shit where it's like I just technically yeah I'll, yeah I'll go there everyone's coming right. 
Shut up. Daddy Drew? <laughs> Daddy Drew, what's up? We're, we're, we're back with Daddy Drew. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> have you inter- interviewed her yet? Don't say her name, but have you interviewed her Interviewed her yet? She's, is she a comic? Yeah. Oh, no. Or like... Nah, never mind. I'm not going to say it on my public fucking platform. <laughs> Have a good night. Are you going home? Yeah, we're going home. I uh, love you, yeah. babe. I'll see you on a Monday. Catch you around, baby. Thank you. Thank you. People love Daddy Drew. People love Andrew. You heard it. You heard it. They like drunk Andrew. I can't make my lips any smaller, dude. I'm trying. No, people... Dude, that's the thing, man. Like, Like, people... I have a joke about... Like hot guys telling you all you need is confidence, and like for someone that's like not great looking, it's like it's demoralizing. It's like, no, dude, I would be way more confident if I looked like you. I would have confidence. But like at the end of the day, if you're good at like I do stand up for a living now, like that's the that's my entire income. Like I work probably like a at most part time job. Like I make most of my money off stand up now. Luckily, thank God. But sometimes, like, dude, being good at stand-up and having confidence about that, it's like, it kind of brings you to a different level, dude. Like, it's kind of like, it's like being like a like a, like a a Honda Civic before Nitrous. Or it's like, before he's like, yeah, this is like a cool car, don't get me places. But like, once you add the comedy and Nitrous to it, it's like, oh, I'm a fucking speed demon on these fucking freeways now. Like, it really brings you to, like, a different level that you never thought you could get. Oh, yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. You into cars? A little bit. Like, I just got this... Uh, I got this car when I first... Like, for the first few months... Like, months to a year I was here, I had to just fucking ride hop everywhere. And then, finally, I had worked enough hours at my job to, like, afford my own car. And I really treated myself to it. And I was like, you know what? No matter how much this costs, within like a reasonable price range, like this is like a purchase for me. And so I decided to get a, a Toyota, a 2020, like a brand new Toyota 86 GTR. It's like a two seat kind of like sports car. It's like right under the, right under the Supra. And I've never regretted a day having that. Like I paid it off immediately. And it's like it's just it was just a purchase for me. It was like I've worked so hard to get all this stuff. And I know I have to save because I'm eventually gonna move on to bigger and better things, but this is the one purchase that I was like, I don't regret a single cent of it. Hell yeah. What got you into stand up, Chef? Because I remember, I remember you, uh, yeah, I remember you at Devils. You came in the first time around, yeah, Yeah, you came down around the first time around, and I was like, Hey, you're gonna go up here? Like, I don't don't know, I don't know. And I was like, Dude, get this fucking because, like, if you don't know by the time my part of this podcast comes up, 
Devils is an open mic, and it's fuck yeah, it's an open mic where it's like, it's it's a it's in the middle of Tempe, right across the Improv, and it's just a patio of people that don't give a shit about what you're saying. It's a very fun place to like come up and like yeah. start growing your material because then it'll start like once your material starts getting like the attention, it'll start like building itself up. Which is like what you did. Like your material has gotten so much better since the first time I saw you. Oh yeah. But like it's an open mic at the end of the day, so it's like anybody can do it. And uh, I remember I was hosting, and I brought you up for I think your first time. Yeah. And you fucking surprised me, dog. You were a lot better than a lot of people that do comedy for the first time. I was very impressed. Thank you, thank you. I fuck. I mean, I fuck with devils. I, I, that's like I like devils. Dope. How do what? It's the only open mic that'll let you fucking bring your own walk-up music to. I know yeah. that, for- <laughs> yeah. dude. This sure. motherfucker comes on stage. What is it, Laffy Taffy? Girl, take that Laffy Taffy. Yeah, it's Laffy Taffy. It's Laffy Taffy. This motherfucker will come on stage like, like they'll announce his name. It's like coming to the stage, Chef Danito, and then this motherfucker's like, like fucking trying to figure out his music column. And it'll be like, girl, shake that lappy dappy. And I'll have it dappy. Girl, shake that lappy dappy. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And it turns out to be a pretty fucking good comic, man. And that's like, that's the part of the fun I love about hanging out at open mics. Like, sometimes you'll like, a lot of times the people that try stand up for the first time are just fucking terrible. Like, and I get it. You always got to start somewhere. But a lot of times they never like progress past that first part because there's like, Oh, I'm doing some book shows, so I don't have to write, and I don't have to do any of this stuff. I'll just rest on the laurels of what I have right now. But, like, people like you, fucking Michael Densmore, Sean McAndrews, Melody Morris, a lot of you guys understand what the game is, and, you know, it's like, this isn't the final point. Like, we can always get better than what we're doing. Oh, yeah. And so that's what I appreciate about hanging out with you guys, because, like, sometimes, like, People will look over new comics and be like, ah, they're just new. But, like, I love being able to find people that are like, no, we're fucking hungry for this shit. We want to do this shit, and it's fun as fuck for us. Hell yeah. Well spoken. How can the people find you? How can the people find me? Yeah, what's your what's your IG? So, uh, two things real uh, Three things I want to get off real quick um, as a plug. But, um... Uh, as you know, I uh, I co-host a podcast called The Final Stop Podcast with two other fucking hilarious, much funnier than me comics named Daniel Bridgegad and Tristan Bowling. Tristan Bowling, who if you don't know his name by now, you should, but he is a golden ticket winner on Kill Tony. And that means out of all the thousands of people they've ever seen on that show, he is one of eight people in the world that were the funniest people they've ever seen. And they invite him back anytime he wants to come on. So if you don't know him yet, you need to. His name is Tristan Bowling, and he's one of my best friends in the entire world. Daniel Bridgegat, he is a touring comic. He goes all across the country performing, and he's one of my best friends in all of Arizona. He's a fucking hilarious comic. You need to know him, Daniel Bridgegat. And we all three of us have a podcast called The Final Stop. If you look us up on YouTube, look us up on Spotify, look us up on iTunes, we'll pop up there. 
and it's just three comics having a blast with each other. Oh yeah. And then uh, for me personally, I just want to get like my group stuff out of the way because I fucking love those people more than anything. But for me personally, if you want to find me, you can find me at A Oriana O R E L L A N A comedy, and I'll I'll be the first person that pulls up. And you can catch all of my fucking crowd work sets, all of my stand-up bits, all on Instagram. I post clips every other week or so. I'm trying to get more regulated on that. Just uh, all the shows I do around here. Just trying to get more time and uh, put up on in, on the internet. And then um, last thing, if you uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, I run Don't Tell Comedy, which is like a secret comedy group that produces shows all across the country we sell out every single show so if you ever see us in your city or in your state just make sure to pull up to a show because you know it's gonna i know for a fact that it's gonna be a one of the best comedy shows you ever go to so thank you for having me on this was an absolute blast i'm sorry to have gone so introspective about comedy but i'm also hammered and i was this is the one thing i'll ever nerd out about like stand-up comedy like this is my entire life at this point like I do nothing but live, breathe, and sleep stand-up. So, like, whenever I start getting on a roll and it starts getting a little preachy, I'm sorry. But it's, like, this is the one thing I love in my life. This Fuck is yeah. all I have, dude. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you heard it, guys. Go check out his podcast. Final, the Final stop. stop. Final Stop. Go fuck with it. Check him out on IG, Andrew Oriano. He told y'all to, to fucking, yeah. yeah. A Oriana comedy, baby. Yes, yeah, sir. This is fantastic. Thank you for having me on. I actually truly enjoyed this. Uh, And then you got to be honest with yourself, too. This is the other fucking thing that I've learned in life that I I said for a long term. The easiest person to lie to is yourself. Mm. I think far and away. Um, I had a joke that was kind of based off those words of like, oh, people like... People think it's so easy to tell, like when people are lying, but like they can't even tell when they're lying to themselves. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a very, very, very true thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to see what's going on inside anyone else's head. I have a hard enough time with this one, <laughs> so I try not to tackle that stuff too too much. I try and my interactions with other people are. I try and be governed by just infinite compassion and like, but I mean, all of that has to be within reason, Yeah. you know, but like, I very much believe in the, the Hippocratic idea, first do no harm, you know, I try and interact with people a lot based off of that. And then, um, the Christian philosophy of, uh, Rabbi, what is the greatest commandment? You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is a, is I a good, think, good way to live by, right? Yes. Um, whether you believe in God or not, um, that particular philosophy, I think, is is a very, is yeah. a profound, is a strong ethos upon which to build a morality in this world. Um, you know, it's hard to have. It's hard to know what to do a lot of times. That's true. That's true. Got to maintain balance. 
Which gets into comedy. I was actually, this is a good way to segue back to comedy since we're getting a little heavy there. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was talking with Shane Trevetti, one of the newer writers we work with at Patent Pending, um, that's another thing too. If you have scripts or sketches, um, ideas that you want to workshop, um, you can send them to to me personally at... uh, Remember what my business email is, real quick. Uh, C. Ferris, F. A. R. R. I. S. at P. Three Comedy. Com, and um, anything that you want looked at on spec. Like we run a regular writers' room with um, about a half a dozen consistent contributors, um, and then another half a dozen of in and outs people because we don't. I'm pretty laid-back guy if you can't tell um yeah he's so a chiller. yeah so uh if you have stuff that you want feedback on or you want um looked at speculatively for possible production all kinds of stuff or you just want to talk about writing um in theory yeah feel free to reach out to me personally um then i will do my best to get back to you as soon as possible and then uh work you into our schedule writers but Shane Trevetti is is one of the newer ones um and uh in our initial discussion because he he came in with a speculative script that was interesting yeah um and I and um had a really good reading and we gave him feedback and then we uh you know I didn't hear from him for a while and then he you know checked back in with me and was like, hey, can I just grab some? Which I told him too, you know, I was like, if you want, I know you can't make the regular room, so if you ever just like want to grab an hour, half hour, hour of my time, just let me know and we'll schedule something. And uh, he, you know, reached out and uh, we, we just sat down. I didn't really know what he, I was like, did you do work on it? He was like, no, I really just kind of wanted to talk about, um, you know, what like about writing and like how and he wanted to know a lot about like how I had gotten I remember specifically he asked like well how did you get to where you are and obviously that if you and can then, tell was a long story yeah, I told he him told what, you what you told me <laughs> I told you a lot of what you just heard um and in the digression of all of that I got into the idea of like why um kind of like why why comedy, mm. right? And how it is in line with my personal philosophy of life of like first do no harm, like that Hippocratic idea of healing, mm-hmm. um, which is also one of the forefront ideas of, you know, patent pending comedy um, is mental health, and um, which is also the reason that it's called a chill out party, um, is that you're, you know, it's an opportunity for those of us who work a jo- full time job and then also are trying to like make it in the arts scene. Yeah. You know, basically working 70, 80 hours a week. Pretty much. Let's, let's take a day for ourselves, you know, um, and get, and get to know one another better. But like, why, 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 you know, why comedy? And this gets to something that I really just crystallized recently when ta- talking to my friend, and friends, Andy Hall and Paul M. Um, and, I said, uh, if life really is just suffering, then the very basic pure good that we can do is to help assuage the suffering of others. 
Like, we know. That inherently <laughs> is a pure good that we know yeah, causes no, harm no additional that. harm. It's almost like, it's like the Cartesian idea of, of you can't doubt that you're doubting because you're still doubting, right? Mm. You know, that whole idea that Rene Descartes based his philosophy off of. Um, the only absolute the, is there's... Yeah, no that's where you get cogito ergo sum from. The, I think, therefore yeah. I am, right? Uh-huh. I Well, if I doubt that I'm doubting, well, I'm still doubting. If I'm doubting, then there must be a th- something that's doubting. There must yeah. be something that's thinking. Ah, I think, therefore I am. That's literally the line of logic that he followed. Um, and similarly, it's a similar similar concept there in terms of like I I have a kind of a Buddhist perspective that like life is suffering you know caused in a large part by desire and and conflicts of desires and stuff like that and our our well we could get a lot more into that kind of stuff and and how I think it's related to our disconnection from how we're out here on on a tightrope as like Alan Watts would say but yeah. That, that's a general consensus with the audience of yeah i don't i, I don't want to digress too much into that but the idea is that you can you can take this you saying. can take this pessimistic point of view towards towards life which yeah, is life which is, is which suffering. is which is re, which is realistic right it's like mm-hmm. the 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 louis ck joke of like you know um <laughs> the, like nothing why would anything good ever happen you get a, you get a puppy fall in love with it you get taken home you love it so much you take care of it and then, then it fucking dies right yeah it's everything or 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 the i can't remember who the other joke was where he says where he says like where he's like oh he's, he's like he's like oh life you mean the thing that ends in inevitable catastrophe right and disappointment because great with because people because people die and every yeah. death is is, is a tragedy I mean, it destroys because everyone is is someone's child and everyone is someone's parent. Not everyone is someone's parent, right? But lots of people are someone's parent. Yeah, but everyone is someone's child, right? Everyone is someone's child, right? So I don't know that every death is a tragedy, right? You know, yeah, every like, every death is a sad mom. Yeah, something like that. Um, but the point that I'm trying to get at there is that, like, you know, if you could, if you, in terms of like doing the philosophy work. You could dial up that like pessimistic doubt all the way to eleven and mm-hmm. say like, well, you know, nothing good will ever happen. like the the heat death of the universe is inevitable, right? That kind of deep existential dread of mm. the empty meaninglessness of life, yeah, right. And life I'm, is I'm just familiar, yeah. right? <laughs> I am familiar, right? So then, if if okay, so then if it is this emptiness, then. There is a basic pure good that we can do by filling that emptiness with with um, alleviating with, with the mitigation of pain and suffering, um, which can create meaning not only in our lives but in the lives of others. Huh. Um, and that's that's a basic tenet of existentialism. That's the power of comedy. Yeah, well, and that is 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 that is that comedy really does that like laughter and its healing property. Is has real value to people. You like wait. Yeah. I think you, I know David Rafter. He believes that. I remember him saying it for years. Yeah. Whether it be I I believe that improvised Nicole in the Ochoa moment that. or prepared through years of repetition and living life. Think about the number of times that you have been on the verge of breakdown, and somebody has just cracked a joke, 
and you've smiled and realized it oh, really yeah. wasn't that bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. A lot of times. It's literally as as real as that, bro. Everyone can relate to that moment in their life. And yeah. I and that's and I, that. I'm not trying to be all like highfalutin like, oh we're comedians are gonna save the world. Nah. No, nah, man, we're more like the fucking nurses of the world. Yeah. More like the ones with just the salve and the bomb and like the sunscreen and shit. Like we know it's bad out there. How can we help? <laughs> you know? Like True laughter is the best medicine to tend an open wound. Mm-hmm. And then in the same way, like, as, as, as that kind of, you take that Hippocratic approach and that responsibility that, that it entails. Again, I don't mean to get so fucking pretentious about this, um, but uh, it gets back to, like, some of the intentions of the reason behind comedy, mm. right? And, and, and it's the same thing in alleviation of suffering, right? Like, attacking fascist authority, mocking... Um, you know, oppressive elements within the government, mocking ridiculous... One of the best examples of that that, that I wanted to talk about earlier when you were talking about um, mm-hmm. the, the house the house example mm-hmm. was... Uh, oh, uh, Jeeves and Wooster? No, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that reminded me of The Great Dictator. The yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin and right? Adolf Hitler. That, and that's 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 like a lot of other comedians. Like, I know Logan Moser, a guy who um I worked with um quite a bit uh, in the well, not quite a bit, for a while in the Cosmonauts, and then did a little bit of writing with us in Patent Pending, but hasn't been able to participate too much. Um, but is a amazing sketch writer, like one of my favorite sketch writers working in the Valley by far. Just really, really, really talented, very clever. He, I always say that his sketches are not only funny, but they always have something to say, mm. which is, um, I, try be, I, tr- I try very hard to be satirical in some regard. Largely, I'm probably just silly. Yeah. Um, but I do aim. I, like, I, like, I do aim to hit some of those notes. With my sketch comedy, I like to be surrealist with my sketches. I can tell you have a very impressionistic vibe yeah. and in uh, a flow of consciousness to it, which is an interesting. Um, it's it's definitely a unique mix. Um, the but like Moser's content, he goes he he. He has, and it, like I remember having conversations with him and Jamie Aaron Santias, the lady who taught me how to write sketch comedy, um, with the Cosmonauts years ago. Um, uh, conversations that we had between kind of the, I think I, I was more of a fly on the wall, like they were they mm-hmm. were talking, um, but I was you know contributing a little bit, but more listening, and and Logan had a very strong opinion that you know that why do comedy, if not to have a, a statement about it and Jamie was of the other camp which was I just want to make people laugh right yeah the surface it's not yeah. the surface right it gets it gets to the she wasn't being superficial about it she had more of my sentiment which is like she just wants to make people smile uh-huh. you know in a world full of suffering true right whereas yeah, Logan wants to wants to to make people think yeah in a world full of suffering both are equally legitimate reasons to do comedy and I think that's the difference between stand-up and improv. <laughs> is it stand-up is meant to make you think and improv is meant to just make you laugh? Yeah. In, like, mentalities of it. I will say that... Like, like obviously, I, I, I exception is the rule. Yeah, I, I think that the improv leans far more towards entertainment and stand-up yeah. leans far more towards uh, 
uh, critical thinking. Yeah. I will definitely give you that. That is a very, yeah, that's, that's a, that is one distinction that I think de- delineates them pretty, or is a good, uh, uh, d- uh, you know, not dialectic, like, like a good, it's a good bar- button. barometer for the two. I hate, I hate the good button. Yeah. Like measuring stick, but that's not the fucking. <laughs> like, what makes something more improv Is it more entertainment based? Right? Because, like, do you think about Robin Williams' stand up, right? True. His, his stand up, I think, was a lot more improvisational. And it's a lot more, like, ha ha funny. Yeah. You know? But his stand, yeah, his stand up is just a one man improv show. Well, it was structured. Like, yeah, he had yeah. bits that he was doing. Like, it wasn't a pure... Imp- and he wasn't looking for suggestions from the audience. True. You know? Like, that was stand-up. But, well, that's the point that I'm getting at. Is that, like, his leans more in that direction. Yeah. And, like you were saying, it's it's a correlation. That's kind of what I think we were trying to think of. There's, like, a direct relate. Like, if you were to graph them, mm-hmm. right? The more you go towards the entertainment element, the more improvisational the... Uh, yeah, because improv, I think, all in all, the content yeah, it's an art form, but it's also like a tool that's used in all facets of comedy. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that improv is, is an amazing tool for all kinds of things. Improv, it's yeah. it's a lot more useful than just playing pretend, but that is essentially what it is at its core. But it can give you a lot out of that. There's a reason, there's a reason that, that, they, that they fucking have people with MBAs go to like improv courses right they, they're trying to get them to loosen up and yeah. think outside the box and, mm-hmm. and and learn trust fall type shit yeah. think about know? what their energy would be kind of shit I don't know I've yeah, never been in I love, that I've never been in a room with those people I can imagine it's god awful like pa- passing your watching, energy to a doctor I, I used to work in an office that, that was owned by Xerox right ACS was owned by Xerox this was a company company right yeah those people are fucking boring, bro. Like, oh my god, I can't imagine them trying to do an improv scene. We are at a restaurant. I am a waiter. Would you like some fish? I'm not have. There is no fish for sale today. Would you like a a, a glass of wine? Shh. I'm not allowed to drink. On, like, that's what I fucking see. It'd be like, a normal night out. <laughs> it would just be like, just no. It would just be two fucking robots up there. Just, oh, I mean, they like, even, they wouldn't even actually be that. That was me doing bad improv. Well, right? They yeah. would be a lot more, uh, uh, you know, like yeah. just stuck. Yeah, they'd be stuttering. They'd yeah, be, they'd no, be I like office people are so not NPC. Not to talk mad shit about office people. I love you, office people. You make the world go round. Um, yeah, our economy woo-woo, would not be where it's at right woo-woo. now if it wasn't for your hard work. Invoices rule. Yeah. Data entry for life, dog. Woo-woo. I got a mad ten key, bro. Like really, like I can. I think my ten key is like fucking something like thirty digits in ten seconds. I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous. You know what ten key is, right? It's the pad. No clue. So it's the. The numpad on the fucking, uh, like the keyboard, like a full keyboard. keyboard. Oh, yeah. The numpad over on the side is the 10 key. Oh, and yeah. When you're dirty, working data entry, you often have two different 
metrics. One is your keystrokes, mm -hmm. right? Your actual keyboard work. Yeah. And then your 10 key. Um, and I worked for ACS. It was doing table core financial aid for University of Phoenix and the Apollo group. So it was a lot of numbers, numbers, right? Yeah. And math. Yeah. I was like fucking machine. She like you seen the, have you seen this? You remember the scene in Alien where, where he holds out his hand with the knife? Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. That's Alright, well, we're at the one forty-five mark. We've done an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah. I need to go. We've covered a lot of stuff. I need to go. I still have work to do before I get to go to bed. Yeah. And I have to work I'm at also, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I also got to work. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. What? I don't know. P3Comedy.com. Yeah. Walt We're back Comedy, at it. Chill out. Check out all the comedians the in this episode. Have a good night, y'all, and stay high.